Welcome to day 92 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, David Keefe, Matthew Kresge, and Katie Kresge. Uh, we continue reading through the book of Deuteronomy, and the book of Deuteronomy is an Old Testament treasure. Uh, as we read through it this week, you're going to hear the voice of Jesus. You're going to hear the voice of Paul. Uh, they quote uh, consistently from the book of Deuteronomy. Many of the phrases that they use are lifted from Deuteronomy in that you know, kind of sense. Deuteronomy is, is kind of Moses' last will and testament. He's led the children of Israel to the edge of the promised land, and of course they've refused to go in, so they've wasted away 40 years in the wilderness, and a new generation has arisen. And Moses will not be allowed to go into the land himself, but before he goes, he pours out his heart to a new generation. Uh, there are several sermons that are included here and uh, several encouraging words and several words of warning that are included here. So as we read through Deuteronomy this week, it's going to be a really rich experience uh, in Old Testament, New Testament theology uh, put together. Mm-hmm. So before we read, um, as always, and I think you know Matt uh, quoted this on Friday, uh, we borrow the words of David, open, open our eyes so that we may behold wonderful things from your law. And what a remarkable thing that David did not have Romans, he didn't have John, he didn't have Luke, he didn't have the Gospels, but still he saw grandeur and beauty in the words of God. And of course, mm-hmm. we'll see a lot of that this week. So before we read, uh, Katie, you mind lifting us up with mm-hmm. a word of prayer? Father, thank you for this word that you have um, so graciously given us and forgive us for when we um, see it as another thing on our to-do list to check off um, another obligation um, that we have but um, remind us that your word is a gift and um, that it shows us your heart towards your people it shows us the mission that you have set before us um, that we have been chosen and accepted um, as your people, as your children. And um, so, God, I just pray that these words that we read together today um, would encourage our hearts, that they would remind us of who you are, um, and that we would heed them, that we would not forget the Lord, um, that we would continue to, to set you before us um, by coming back to your word, God. So do a, do a work in our hearts today, Holy Spirit. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with mamma, which either you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you'll lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you've eaten or satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. 
Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, My power and my strength of my hand have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Hear Israel. You are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and uh, to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you, with large cities that have walls up to the sky. The people are strong and tall, Anakites. You know about them and have heard it said, Who can stand up against the Anakites? But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you, like a devouring fire. He will destroy them, he will subdue them before you, and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly, as the Lord has promised you. After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, The Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. No, it is on account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. It is not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you are going to take possession of their land. But on account of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God will drive them out before you to accomplish what he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand, then, that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess. For you yourself are a stiff-necked people. (laughs) I think Moses possibly would like them to remember that it's not because of their righteousness that they're possessing (laughs) the land. Uh, You hear the steady rhythm. Mm -hmm. And and just a reminder, and it is easy for us to uh, uh, kind of relish in the Lord's blessing and to think that we are deserving of every good gift we've received. And it is not because of our righteousness and integrity. It is because of the righteousness and integrity of another who has given us his wonderful grace and invited us into him. This is a really nice chapter uh, Mm. in the way that it summarized the wilderness wandering. I love that. Your feet did not swell for 40 years. Your feet didn't even (laughs) swell. Your clothes didn't wear out. Sandals. Uh, What a great 40 years. (laughs) I resonate that as a pregnant woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then just the whole idea of the manna being provided. so to teach you, that's verse 3 of chapter 8, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And, of course, um, we've heard that elsewhere yeah. echoed no, by Jesus. No, that's echo of Jesus you know, as he faced temptation in the wilderness. And, of course, that's no accident that he is in the wilderness facing temptation. And he comes back to Deuteronomy, which is a challenge to be faithful to God and, and in a time of testing. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a wonderful, you know, what a wonderful quotation. Mm-hmm. Know then in your hearts as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord, your God disciplines you, and he's working for our good. 
and even uh, he tested you so that things might go well with you later so a lot of the inconveniences you know that we experience in life and the hardship we experience in life that we get so down in the mouth about you know is still god is working and god is doing a gracious work in our hearts and life to prepare us for blessing and to help us to know him so that it may go well with us Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, striking to me just how, how often the connection between remembering and obeying, um, yeah, how many times those things are kind of linked together in this chapter right. and really throughout the, the Pentateuch mm-hmm. in general is, yeah. you know, God's people are called to remember who he is and what he's done, but then to live in light of, you know, that reality. Uh, and so you get in verse two, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years and, you know, and then observe the commands, observe these things. And even as it keeps going, you know, it talks about you're going you're gonna to be brought out of this land, you're going to be brought into a, a great land. In fact, you're going to become a, a wealthy people, and you're going to begin to think that that wealth was produced by you. And then it says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gave you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to his ancestors. No. But just that connection between remembering and obeying, um, and how often probably most of my disobedience is, effect, is linked to the fact that I've failed to remember the Lord. No. And what he's done, and, and it does remind us of you know the biblical rhythm of of grace and obedience. Uh, we're not obedient in order to receive grace. We're obedient out of gratitude for the grace that we have received. And of course, as we walk in obedience, uh, we experience to a far deeper level, you know, the grace that we've already been given. So we're kind of reminded, you know, of uh, uh, Jesus and John, you know, fourteen fifteen. In case we think, you know, that there's no law in the New Testament, no grace in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Whoever loves me obey my commandments, and I too will love him and show myself to him. And so it's a, the whole idea of responding to his grace in obedience. And as we respond in obedience, having a deeper and more profound experience of the grace that we've already received in, in him. And even tied into that, that idea of being careful not to forget what the, the Lord has done. You know, when we do forget what the Lord has done and we fail to observe his commands, it even talks about how then your heart, verse 14, will become proud and you will forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And you begin seeing yourself, you know, in this kind of prideful way. And so the cure for our prideful hearts is to go back and to remember what the Lord has done for us. And then that we're, we're humbled at his grace and the way that he's kept his covenant. Mm-hmm. faithfully to us and how he's provided for us and so i just love you know anytime i do kind of have that mindset of verse 17 like man look what i've done look what i've produced the call that that'd be the prideful stance the call back to humility is to go back and remember what the lord's done and israel looked back at their release from captivity you know we look back to what christ has done for us so uh-huh. i love how those the cure or the answer to a prideful heart in the old testament or new testament is exactly the same. Even verse 10, when you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Uh, in the middle of enjoying his bounty, uh, you know, respond with a heart that's overflowing with thanksgiving and, and gratitude for mm-hmm. what he's done. Yeah. And I, I think something that strikes me is just how gracious the Lord is in bringing him, them into the land. I mean, starting in verse 6 and 7, like it starts listing off all the things, that, all the resources that they'll have in this land, and that God is going to provide for every need that they have, which is in, I mean, 
it definitely has a feel of contrast between the wilderness and because this is lush this is i mean all of these things it's it's um it's above and beyond kind of abundant resources that he's providing and um it's just it, it just reminds me of the graciousness of his heart he longs to give these things to his people what he's calling them to do is just remember where it comes from oh, yeah and, and of course there is a, again a rhythm there that the, the times of leanness prepare us for times of blessing and understanding uh you know the depth of god's grace and, and of course all that uh Extra noise is, is Matt Kresge. And, Kresge, and the reason you hear that noise is because he likes to stand while he's teaching. Um, <laughs> it's the only proper way to this. teach. So he's standing on the shore while the rest of us sit here in the boat. <laughs> Follow that up, Kresge. Yeah. Yeah. You, missed, you missed all the wonderful things that we said while you were. No, it is, it, but it, you know, the, the, there's a rhythm of the leanness you've experienced compared to the, you know, the bounty that you will have. And, and God is at work in both. God is working the moments of leanness to prepare them as a people for the greater blessing. Matter of fact, the more treacherous time um, you know, in our lives or lives when we are experiencing God's blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to uh, look away from him and look to ourselves. We tend to um, take credit you know, for the good things that he's done. And of course, his reminder you know, several times, it's not your righteousness, it's not your integrity. And what a, what a beautiful, you know, what a beautiful confession. Mm-hmm. At first, it's, it's kind of a bummer. And I, <laughs> you mean, we didn't deserve this. No, you didn't. But mm-hmm. God, nevertheless, is abundant in his grace. And there's also kind of a hidden warning in this, and the warning will become more explicit as we read through the week. But the warning is, I'm judging the nations before you because of your wickedness, and do not think I will not judge you mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hear from the prophets you know, that God's judgment must begin with his own people. If he is a, is a just God, uh, then he, uh, judgment must begin with the house the house of God in order to purify it before he, you know, judges the nations. Even with that warning too, I mean, the way that cha- the section we read in chapter nine closes is for your stiff necked people, yes. you know, and, and so just in case they think, you know, okay, well maybe it's not our righteousness, but at least we're not unrighteous like the other nations. Mm-hmm. You know, the warning to them is you're a stiff necked people. Yeah. And, and, and of course the story so far, very much reveals that uh, all of the rebellion, all of the complaining, all of the turning back, all of the looking toward Egypt rather than looking ahead, you know, to God's promises. And it is, as you read it, it's absolutely astounding how inconsistent they are in their love for the God and devotion to God. And of course, as you get a little bit smug, you remember the same thing applies to us. We are indeed a stiff-necked people. Uh, I lived on a boys ranch for a little while and worked with horses and it's exactly what a horse will do when it doesn't want to take a bit it just kind of bows its neck and turns its head and just gets completely you know stiff and that's us as god's people we don't want to take direction we want to set our own course and we want to be uh the one in charge and so that is very common to who we are fantastic passage uh, continue through Deuteronomy for the rest of this week and it is just rich in theology mm-hmm. Father thank you for the beauty of your word and thank you for the reminder uh, that it's not our righteousness or our integrity that have brought us into the grace in which we now stand 
and the abundance of <coughs> land that's flowing with milk and honey, copper in the hills, and rocks that are iron, and rivers that flow is not anything compared to the abundance of the grace and the salvation that we received in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that you fill us with good things, of the common graces that we enjoy every day, but the extraordinary grace that you've given us through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and by his resurrection. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.